The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality. Visit americantrucks.com for your chance to win $17,760 in upgrades for your truck. Welcome to the Weekly Driver Podcast. We are in episode number 30 this week. My name is James Rea, editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com, and I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and the East Bay Times down in the southern part of the East Bay Area. Uh, my co-host, as always, is Bruce Aldrich, and this week we've got a lot to chat about. Two real big stories in the automotive world. Number one, um, the first uh, fatality in a autonomous or self-driving car occurred just a few days ago, and even a few days further back than that, we, we got word or the internet spread the word pretty quickly about the apparent demise of maybe the most iconic car uh, that we everybody knows about the Volkswagen Beetle. So, Bruce, welcome back as always. And what do you want to chat about first? You want to talk about the Uber car? Hey, James. No, I was thinking actually at the last second I was thinking Bug. Okay. I happen to own a Bug in 1959, yes. and uh, once they put uh, gas gauges in Bugs, they weren't. Uh, I didn't like them anymore. Okay, fair enough. And then what, what the gas gauge, you know, they just went too soft. They went too soft. Too, they had too many niceties. So we 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 both know some of the legacy of the bug um, when they, with the people's car made in Germany and and Hitler and it has a dark side to it. But but now you, you fast forward seventy years uh, and the 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 volume of sales in in the Beatles is down substantially it stopped before they brought them back they changed the design although you can still see that it's a beetle but um to me when i read this story that they were considering stopping the production of this car i thought they can't do that this is everybody knows about volkswagen beetles everybody i know either had one or their family member had one and you just even if they sell 10 of them a year you got to keep that car yeah, it was an iconic car. I think probably to me about ni- actually 1968 was when I stopped following bugs. That mm-hmm. to me they were a different car. There were a whole bunch of safety uh, legislation in 1968. Side marker lights. They had to have high back seats to protect your uh, neck and head. Yes. Um, they had to make the seats non uh, folding. They had to lock. Yes. Um, they had, uh, I believe there was shoulder belts was that year too. So there's a whole bunch of safety, safety regulations that kind of, to me at least, ruined the, the purity of the really austere bug. And, 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 and to add to all that, I believe 68 was the first year that they stopped using chrome. The, bump, the, bu- the bumpers, bumpers yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think the bumpers changed then, and it just wasn't a good bug anymore to me. It was a different car, but they kept with it until... Uh, the facts I have, until 2003, they kept making them. Yes. They, now, they quit importing them, I'm guessing, around 74 in the States. Okay. The last two years was a convertible only. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it was in the mid-70s when they quit in the States. But they kept building those things down in Mexico until 2003, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So then they quit making them. Mm-hmm. And then in 1997, they came out with a new Beetle. Yes. And 
it wasn't the same car, but it was kind of a, it puts a smile on your face. Yeah, and, and yeah. It was it was kind of kind of a fun yes. little car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a whole different it the same look, but you know, it was front engine mm-hmm. with the conventional uh, uh, water cooled. So it really yes. wasn't a bug anymore. No, but it looked kind of cute. Right. Secretaries, uh, <laughs> right? Kids' first cars. They they loved them. It 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 changed um, from if I have this correct, from being a car that was purchased primarily by men and families to a car that transitioned into being purchased by women. So I think in 2011, they ended the the more feminine type VW. Yes. And then they manned it up in 2012, I believe. Yes. And they, a little lower, broader, uh, muscular looking current generation VW bug. And we just, I like the, the new design particularly. I had one last year, I believe. And I, I, I'm, I'm just um, beside myself or aghast that they could imagine the big editorial meeting where these all the power players from VW are sitting there saying, "Well, these all these young cats probably now 20 years younger than we are saying, ah, nobody cares about that car anymore. Let's just stop it." Without, I, I think that's probably what it was. Yeah, yeah, nobody's buying them. Nobody's buying them. And to me, I just think it's like when you see a Volkswagen Beetle or Bug, whatever you choose to call it, or you see a um, an old Mustang, even though Mustang has changed quite a bit, you, I just have respect for those cars. Obviously, I wouldn't be a very good businessman. I would just like to keep it because it's been around forever and ever. And, and every year we hear, maybe there's some cars that have been around only five years and they're gone or three years and they're gone. But when a car gets to be a certain age, I think you just have to have respect for it. And, and I agree. It. Yeah, yeah well, there's familiarity in the design and in the name. As long as the the they stay with their original design Yes. Ideas on what it should be. You know, Mustang stays true to its same type of people buy it. Yes. Camaro the same way. Corvette the same way. Yes. You know, some of the cars like, uh, say, a T-Bird. Yes. Uh, well, they don't make those anymore. But they started out as a sort of a fancy two-seat two coupe. And then they eventually morphed into this, you know, god-awful big boat. Right. And so those, I don't mind those. But the the... Original, keep to the same form, it's sad to see them go. Of course, you know, Camaros and Mustangs weren't produced back in 1938 either. No, no, that's the other part of it, that there's so much history there, uh, even even the bad history with the, the, you know, Nazi Germany. But I remember a few years ago, remember we, we went to um, Monterey Auto Week and we were on Concord on the Avenue and there was a father and son who had a, uh, what do you call it, a, a gunmetal gray uh, that looked like the undercoating of the Volkswagen or for another car, but it was actually the tr- original color of that car and had a split rear window. And he told us some story about bringing that car over from Europe and actually getting stopped. And when they saw the early serial number of that car, that it was more delays because they weren't sure whether they wanted to have that car leave the country. Do you remember that story at all? No, that's, I wouldn't doubt it though. There's yeah. a lot of history there. A lot of things. history. And it was, um, at, at the, they had the car, they were going to sell the car and the guy wanted 12 grand for it. And if that guy was there this past year, or if he's there next year, I bet you there's going to be a 12 month. grand for a split window. Yeah. Uh, that's I'll buy, I'll take a couple of, I'll take a gross of those. I'll take a lot of those. Yeah. Um, but I, what I was also going to say is if you, if you put a, a 1938 or 48 or 68, your car, uh, 59 next to a 2018 Volkswagen Beetle, you can still see that they're the same car on some levels. They're not, but they, you, you wouldn't think it was any other car, right? If you took a early 
Corvette and put it next to a modern day Corvette, it would be you'd be hard pressed to see that it's the same right. car yeah, and at any level, right? So at least there's some familiarity with the Volkswagen Beetle, regardless of the year. They kept true to it on some level, the the, the shape artistically. Yeah. Artistically, it's, yes. it's still the same car. But yesterday, I read a story on USA Today that that read that that discussed that because this man spoke up, this engineer spoke up and said. Oh, you know, we had a new beetle, and you can't have a new, 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 new beetle. Uh, we've had enough beetles, and so he spoke up. And I, I bet you that guy's kind of in trouble now because the president of Volkswagen, which is another company, right? I forgot the head, the name of the. Is it a Volkswagen associated with another company? No, maybe I have that wrong. But anyway, some a person above him said, "Oh, that guy spoke a little bit too quickly, and and you know, its demise isn't going to be tomorrow. Let's talk about this." It sounded like they were kind of. Um, skirting the issue a little bit because apparently this engineer spoke up and he he knew what was going on, but they they yeah, quieted him down a little bit. I, yeah, I don't think it's uh, customary in the auto business when they're going to put a, a car on the chopping block and right. end it. They don't make that big news because no, no, then no, it's no. hard to sell those last ones. That's that's right. That's right. So I'll, I'll be, I would be curious to be that bug on the wall, so to speak, of the next meeting where that engineer is talking to the, the money people saying, you got to Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I think you're right. You know, if it, if it's a super high demand car, you know, low production, right? Then they might they'd sell quicker. But right. for your normal car, I, you don't want to announce when it when they're going to end them. No, end I, production. And I don't know. Do you know if I always every once in a while take a look at the top ten or top twenty best selling cars in history? The bug was up there pretty high. But now it's been surpassed by um, the Ford F-150 pickup truck and the Honda Accord and the Volkswagen Golf and the Toyota Camry. And I don't know what else is on that list, but I, I don't even know if, if the Beetle slash Bug is still on the top 10 anymore. Boy, I hope it is. Yeah, I hope it is. And I know the... The, the Bugs are my heroes. I don't want to see them fall off a list. Yeah, that's right. So yours 59, mine was 62. Bought it for $500 from family, friends. At age sixteen, and and uh, you know, changed this, changed the uh, points and plugs, and did some other stuff, and that was the end of my mechanical experience. But I'm sure for a lot of people our age, everybody would, over fifty has a bug story. Everybody over fifty had has one. A, had friends one. had one. They, they pulled a motor. Yeah, it was whatever. Great. So I want to I want to infiltrate this meeting in in Germany somewhere and say, you guys can't stop this car. Just make. Even make, if you make it a, a few of them, just keep it going. I don't know how. Um, some thirty-eight. Is there? Can you think of a car that's still on the road today that started in nineteen or before nineteen thirty-eight? I can't think of one. No. Um. So uh, the Mustang was what sixty-four. Right. I can think of that, and I, I can't think of anything else. Maybe there is one that's older than that, but I can't think of it offhand. Um, anyway, for our two cents, my two cents worth, keep making them, and uh, even if it's in limited supply, keep making them. So, yeah, I wish they could uh, go retro bug and uh, you know get rid of all the safety regulations and go back to. <laughs> there you go. Go back to the fifties, yeah. but with modern uh, technology and the motor and trans and whatnot. Yeah, now, up until a few years ago, you were still driving. You you drove your bug from Sacramento. To Lake Tahoe, and now you don't do it anymore because it is. I haven't been lately. It's yeah. just so slow. I'm it's in, so slow I'm slide. in third year, gear, going under forty, going up the gotcha. up Donner Summit. So mm-hmm. I usually did it in the 
three in the morning when there weren't a bunch of traffic out there or right. trucks to run me over. <laughs> right. Well, um, maybe not a great transition, but the other topic, uh, pretty current and, and timely, is um, a woman uh, on a bicycle, pushing a bicycle outside of a crosswalk uh, late at night uh, in Tempe, Arizona, was hit by a self-driving uh, uh, Uber car, and Uber immediately stopped um, its production, its its pro- its project on the Uber cars and on uh, the six or seven states it's been in and it's been all over the news uh investigators are there now and we're trying to determine this is a big thing for the autonomous this is huge. car it's the a huge NTS, thing the ntsb's there for crying out loud right. it's like a it's like a plane crash yeah so we had a discussion uh about what this means to the future of autonomous cars and you had some really good points so you're thinking we have to kind of wait to see what this who's at fault here and all this stuff. So so fill us in on that. Yeah, right. I, the headlines I read is what went wrong. You know, self-driving cars got to go and they're mm-hmm. too dangerous and blah blah blah. And I I'm questioning how do we know anything went wrong? Um, there's there are such things as unavoidable accidents. Uh, if you ever hit a squirrel or a deer or a um, chipmunk, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Uh, sometimes people go out in front of a car. You, there is no avoidance time. You can't do anything about it. Right. And that may be the case. We don't know. So we don't know that anything went wrong in that Uber car. Mm-hmm. And if some something did go wrong in that Uber car, as far as uh, analyzing the data, the, the real world out there, and not reacting to it, there's there is a driver behind the wheel that can react. Now. Perhaps the car did, uh, you know, give some warning and didn't know what to do, what have you. There's some kind of a yeah. fail-safe mode where it says take over for the driver, and the driver didn't react. So maybe the driver's at fault. Yeah, we have, as opposed to just a regular car accident with a pedestrian, we've got other layers here now. Because, true. That, as you mentioned, there was a, there was a, there is a driver in the car. We didn't even see a reference to his name until today's stories. I didn't see any references to his name yesterday. Uh, this uh, Rafael uh, Vasquez, and so I'm, I'm waiting to hear when they when they interview this man and if he if they're going to print a story about was was he was he sleeping was he drinking was he doing the best he can the fact that there's an autonomous car and a driver in the car which is still required right um, that just throws the whole thing and then we read Arizona law requires a pedestrian to give the right of way to a car. It's state by state, so <laughs> that's self preservation. I know it doesn't need to be a law, but no, yes. <laughs> it shouldn't be, have to be a law. But the woman was, you know, we don't know what her condition was. We don't know if she, you know, if she threw her bike into the. We don't know anything anything about this. So you you kind of educated me this morning about let's not jump to conclusions that this is going to completely stop the economy autonomous car world. There's other factors potentially involved here. Yes, and also one other little bit tidbit they've thrown out is the car, the, the speed limit, and I think the car was driving 40 miles an hour. Yeah. So we don't know that the car didn't react. It might have slammed the brakes on. You know, with ABS, right. it doesn't leave skid marks. It might have right. swerved. I see the pictures show the car is still in the same traffic lane, but maybe mm-hmm. the Uber driver put it back over in the lane to get it out of the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might have reacted and, you know, hit her at uh, a slower speed than that 40. Yeah. We, they, they have tons of data to mine through, and NTSB, that's what they do. They look at, you know, black boxes and yes. uh, audio stuff, mm-hmm. video, everything. everything. So they'll have 
there's more information about this crash than, than probably any other typical highway crash there is. Now, we, we, we know that um, in Arizona and I think the other states, they're using Volvos. And I don't really know why. It's because Volvos are known for, I mean, their number one thing is safety in a Volvo, right? And durability. And, and they're, they're, I happen to really love Volvo, so it makes sense to me. So is that logical to think that that's why Uber's been using uh, Volvos? Because of their their known safety, or is well, there probably they probably just yes yeah, pushing it as a as a safety thing, an idea yeah. that they're at the forefront of technology and mm-hmm. hey, we'll give you free cars. Right, it's a good. I'm guessing. I, I have no idea why yeah. they're using Volvos. So what do you what do you think? Um, the, the the big boys are there. They're going to examine all the situations. So, um, what are the possible outcomes of this? The the woman, I'm just throwing this out. It's probably not anywhere near. The woman. She committed suicide. She threw herself into the car. Um, she didn't see the car. Um, she was completely at fault. And and autonomous vehicles or self-driving vehicles are now back in vogue. And it's just a month from now, it'll be they'll be back at it, and no problem. Or they could discover that the driver of the car shouldn't have been driving. Maybe he under the influence, or he was asleep, like I mentioned. Or he did everything possible. And as you said, it's it's just. A completely unavoidable situation and that won't throw the self-driving car craze if you will into any kind of peril or problems at all yeah i think it's it, very possible that it won't send it into any peril at all this mm-hmm. is typical people go crazy they mm-hmm. hate them does this kind of like sound like the the, the gun issue maybe yeah or, yeah, or yeah there's some other things we can think of the yeah. rush so-called rush to judgment right this could be nothing the sad thing is somebody lost their life. Right. But that happened. Unfortunately, that happened. cars and pedestrians don't mix real well. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be, I'm sure like other people, I mean, it was, it was the lead story last night on, um, well, obviously in, in Arizona it was the lead story, but I listened to the PBS NewsHour and it was the third story. And PBS is a national network, right? So international. So it was something to do with the president, number one, and, and maybe an, another school shooting, number two, which... It was, and then this was the third story. So, I mean, the news media, the big, the big boys are taking this as a serious. Important. Oh, they're on it like yeah. rabid dogs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they just uh, think about the Tesla story from what's right. that like three years ago now? Yes. Oh, they were all over that. Right. I mean, the, that in that case, that driver was doing something he really wasn't supposed to be doing. That That's was not right. a full autonomous car. It had right. some self-driving. Yes. On the open road, but you're you're supposed to. You, the driver is responsible, right. and that guy left the car be responsible where it had no business being. And I, I forgot now. Did he? Did they prove that he was? That he? Did he suffer consequences of that? Did he? I've forgotten the situation actually. Yeah. Well, his consequence was, was he. Unfortunately, he, he's deceased. He's but, deceased. I didn't know but, that. But okay. uh, yeah, they had all the information there, yeah. like uh, how often the guy put his hands on the steering wheel mm-hmm. or made any inputs. There was all kinds of data they mined from that crash, yes. and they. I think the what they developed out of it was now, latest I heard was you have to like put your hands on the wheel every oh. twenty seconds or something like that, mm-hmm. to uh, make sure the driver stays awake so okay. that they don't do what he did and just let it drive itself. Gotcha. Well, um, uh, again, not a good transition, but every week when we have our podcast, I'm, I'm usually kind of in the midst of driving a new car, so. Um, this past week, uh, my wife and I went to Fres- the booming metropolis of, of Fresno, had a great time. She was at an art conference. I got to work 
and uh, we we drove down and obviously drove back in a 2018 Toyota Land Cruiser, which is a car that um, you know it's I, a beast. It's a beast. It, it's a it, you, know, you could say gas guzzler V8. You can say all these different things, and and, and all of those are true. But we talked. We looked at the car a little earlier when I when I first got here, and there's something to be said for being in this big beast while you're on the open road. Um, you sit up high. You see the immediate world. The, in, the back is all spacious. With, we had luggage. We had um, uh, artist tools and easels. We had all kinds of stuff, and, and it was very convenient. And the downside was I got 14.6 miles per gallon, Woo! drove the car about 400 and some odd miles. But the navigation system was beautiful. It put it on contru- cruise control quite easily. Everything was just fine. So you, you said something interesting earlier. You said... You know what the heck? I, I'm not really interested in this kind of car, but it, it's comfortable and it's safe and blah blah blah. I'm going for it. So you, the 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 being environmentally uh, considerate kind of goes out the window because you're getting really a pretty damn nice vehicle to drive long distances in. Yeah, what did you say? Eighty-seven thousand. Eighty-seven thousand. So, yeah, you're paying for it. I guess if you're paying that money, you don't really care. Right. If it gets fourteen point six or twenty-six point eight or whatever right. it is. Right. We we yeah I think that, I mean there are other options of course you can get a very much more expensive SUV than that but for the this car off road um, it it just I surprised myself that we actually like this car for a long distance trip um, if it went across the United States and it got really expensive with gas I mean it wasn't that expensive to go to Fresno and back but if it was twice as much as gas mileage it would have been like I would have gone and bought the car but for 87 sure. grand and 14 miles for the gallon. I think, oh my gosh. But it was a really good experience and I can see why people buy them. Get that thing over to Elon Musk. <laughs> Get an right. electric in it. But yeah. of course, then it would be 187000 It would be $187,000. So, well, thanks as always for joining us, uh, the Weekly Driver podcast. It's available on theweeklydriver.com and all kinds of uh, podcast formats. Um, and make sure to join us next week For Bruce Aldrich, this is James Rea, and we'll talk to you then. All right. See you, James. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today for your chance to win a 2018 Mustang RTR Spec 3. 